Hello, everyone. In today's conversation, we're going to talk to my sister Grace about her healing journey and how she's navigated it through her writing. At such a young age, Grace has lost two people that she loved in really unexpected and tragic ways. So I want to preface our conversation today by bringing awareness to the grief and deep emotions that we are going to be discussing on today's episode. I want to allow you the time and space that you need to listen to this episode as it may bring up some tough topics. And although Grace has been able to navigate some of these losses through her writing, the emotions and the grief are still extremely evident and prominent. Grace lost one of her best friends, Michaela, at the age of 16 in a car accident. In today's episode, she talks about that experience as well as the guilt and feelings associated with any conversations that were left unsaid. Grace later talks about one of her first loves, Matt, who was battling his own mental health and took his own life a few years later. This season and October in specific are always harder for Grace as both of these losses occurred on back-to-back days. I really wanted to just preface the topics that will be discussed today as I want you all to have some background before we dive into such a difficult topic. As you all know, as humans, we embody both light and dark. In today's episode, we will touch on both. I really hope that this conversation reminds you that whatever darkness you're facing or living with, you're not in it alone, you don't need to carry it alone, and you have people in your corner to help you navigate through it. I'm feeling very grateful for our guest today as we will be welcoming my dear sister Grace to the pod. Grace has always inspired me not only in the way that she carries herself, but in the way that she embraces nature, her emotions, her feelings. While she wears her heart on her sleeve, I've loved watching her self-expression and growth through her creative endeavors. Grace is an artist through and through, whether that be in her love for music her journaling, her style, you really get a feel for who she is and what she stands for without her having to say a thing. Her craft speaks for itself, and I'm so excited to dive into conversation with her today and discuss her journey through writing. Grace is currently in the process of compiling years worth of entries, poems, and writings to create her first book. That will take us through some of her most joyous times, as well as some of her most difficult tragedies that she's experienced so far. I'm feeling beyond blessed that Grace is willing to open up and dive deep with us and share more of her creative process. I just adore her, and I hope you all do too. I hope this conversation inspires you to pursue your own creativity and own that as an outlet for any emotion you may be feeling today. Before we move into today's conversation, I would like to welcome Grace, my my beautiful, dreadheaded, creative, and soulful <laughs> sister, and start with a fun rapid fire game that Alyssa has put together to help you all get to know her a bit better. Ooh, all right, Hi. let's go. That was so beautiful. <laughs> that was Nikki. That was wow. I love you. <laughs> welcome. So We're so happy to have you here. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Gosh, I'm just gonna start it right off. Morning or night? I wish I could say I was a morning person, <laughs> but I'm more of a night night owl. What is your favorite season? Spring or summer. Climb a mountain or skydive? Climb a mountain. I'm a little terrified of skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> Are you more a t- like talker or texter? Texter. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll take that back. I love voice mem or like the voice memos. That's like how I text. Is I'll just send like a three minute 
yeah full-on combo to them and then yeah I so not like really efficient. yeah so yeah. not like necessarily talking over the phone but getting all your thoughts out that yeah. way and yeah. still hearing their voice or yeah. your voice whatever yep. yeah scale of one to ten how good are you at keeping secrets nine <laughs> Ooh, that's <laughs> pretty think, high i think i feel like i'm pretty good Nice. I think every now good. and then I might drop it on accident because I didn't know it was maybe something that was supposed to be kept a secret. Yeah. So. Has Nikki ever told you anything that she didn't want some, you to tell somebody and then you kept that secret? Same with like Nat. I dropped the ball on the pregnancy one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's that was a big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember who I. You dropped it to Aunt Tracy. I did. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they were over, and it was just like, yeah, yeah. It, was okay. it, was on the, it was on the top of my mind. Like, yeah. how can I not say that? <laughs> but, yeah. <clears throat> what does a person need to be happy? People in your corner. Mm, I love that. I do too. Um, your favorite holiday? Fourth of July. Such an easy answer. I, I don't Ooh. know why I even had to think about that. That Fourth was quick. Hell oh, yeah, I love America. Let's go. <laughs> and we get spended by the lake too, so that's even true. Better. Um, are you more sweet or savory? Savory. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is... Iconic. We were listening to her soundtrack all night last night. So good. Gosh. I can't She's stop listening. Incredible. I know. Have serious FOMO of not going to her concert. Same. I but maybe that's because I only see it. <laughs> I, yeah, I could have. I just didn't want to spend the money. It was super expensive for the ticket. I was like, oh. So expensive. So expensive, but God, so yeah. worth it. I know. Have you guys heard of people doing like parking lot parties? Yes. Yeah. Like where oh, they they'll just buy out. a ticket, but oh, they'll yes. hang out outside where you can still hear it. Yeah. yeah. You're, it's it a brilliant awesome. idea. It does. And then you get to bring your own. And you're like drink. Yeah. You don't have to spend yeah. the 20 bucks for one drink inside the venue. It's great. Right. It's actually like love a win situation. Yeah. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. And the last one. Ask for permission or beg for forgiveness? Probably ask for permission. I think that's really dependent on the situation Mm -hmm. and what you're having to maybe ask forgiveness for. Oh, that's a hard one. That's a good good answer. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you answered all those really well for not knowing what they were going to (laughs) be. So should we dive into it? Do you want to share? Dive. Let's yeah. do it. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. in. <laughs> um, do you want to share a little bit about your background or anything that you want our listeners to know about you and your like experience in school, college, writing, yeah. creating, um, whatever? Yeah, for sure. So I've kind of always had a passion for English classes all throughout school. Um I, I mean, I just, I liked school in general for the most part too, but English I always loved. I loved reading. I loved the books and everything like that. Really loved writing. Like I remember freaking elementary school, I wanted to like literally wrote my own little book and stuff. So I, I've always loved it. High school, I dove way more into it. I really noticed like, oh, I love writing. Like we started to have more I think, well, in high school, too, you just get more experiences that you're able to write about in general. But, yeah, I had some really awesome teachers, and they, I think they were the ones that first ignited that passion Mm -hmm. for writing. Played soccer in high school, played soccer in college, which was awesome. Go to college. And I was actually studying to become a teacher, Um, wanted to teach English level high school. 
decided my final semester of college that's not what I was going to do. Um, but at, during that time, I was studying, getting my English literature major, decided to get a writing minor. And looking back, I almost wish I would have just flopped that. Mm. Um, but to pursue the education route, I needed to do it in literature. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I pursued that all throughout college. And my sophomore... My sophomore or junior, no, my sophomore year. Sophomore year of college, I had more like writing specific and creative writing classes. And that's where my passion really started showing. And I really was utilizing it for healing at that point. I had always used it for healing, but not until my like sophomore year of college. Probably I really dove into it. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like it came pretty natural? Just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I trying to remember what like my first creative writing class was I remember I had one in middle school and I loved it it was my favorite yeah um I think my first one was just kind of like a I think it was a poetry specific class so I that's where I was like oh I really have a I have a talent with poetry um and I feel like that's where I kind of noticed it and doesn't or this does help. My professor was absolutely incredible. Michelle, I absolutely love her. She was kind of the person who was like, you have something here. Like, keep keep diving into it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice when a professor, like, Yeah, and they, that. like, see that and they, they're pushing you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot of professors, actually, that really pushed me in my creative outlet, which was good. Because you don't always get that yeah. from professors, so. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to start with is a question that we do ask all of our guests that come on the podcast. What are you feeling grateful today, this week, or in this season? I was thinking about this on my way here. My friends, I absolutely adore my close group of girls that I gained from college. Um, Just to have such a close knit, there's four of us that's like my little circle and the fact that every time I'm with them like belly laughs crying from laughing so hard but yet you still have like those really serious conversations that you want and need for those people in your corner and mm-hmm. yeah I just I'm feeling very very grateful for them today and they helped me out last night <laughs> took care of me too so that's always a plus but yeah. Grace went out last night and she still showed up today yeah I think we're here folks we're here (laughs) okay Grace I've got a question for you too so for somebody who has wanted to start journaling or maybe who has been like I've been pretty inconsistent with journaling so I'm saying that for me but for people who have always wanted to get into journaling but have a hard time putting pen to paper because that Mm -hmm. does happen a lot like the creative block or just not really knowing what where to start how do you recommend starting on an active writing process? I'll explain, I guess, how it happened for me. I don't know if this will be the best way to really start it, but for me, I approached journaling as my outlet in really dark times or really sad times. And so I didn't really use it for a daily practice to start. It was just more so like, I got to get this shit out. Yeah. So, <laughs> Just totally okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. All right. Because I'll be dropping more. Um, <laughs> your authentic. So yeah, self. I was just like, I got to get this shit out of my head, and so that's how I first approached journaling. And then I got to the point where I think I was a little bit tired of 
only using my writing for that. I was like, there, there's more here than just writing about the sadness. And so then it got to a point where I was like, okay, I might not know what it is I want to write about today, but I know that I want to write something. So then Pinterest became one of my like really good friends and I would just scroll for writing prompts. If I didn't know what to write about or if I wasn't feeling sparked that day or that week to really write, I would just find a prompt that spoke out to me. It wasn't like a, oh, we're going to follow a 30-day journal cycle or something like Mm -hmm. that. It was just, oh, I I can write about that. I have something to say with that question. And I think that once I started having those questions probed and asked, it became more and more natural to just kind of dive into those topics. Yeah, I think so. Um, That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. After the initial, like, needing the prompts to get it going, that was also kind of happening at the same time where I just started writing a ton in college. And so being in college, right, full-time student, you're having a bunch of classes and homework, and a lot of what my homework was was creative writing for a lot of my classes. And so it kind of became just more natural and a habit at that point, too. Mm-hmm. Um And then now I, oh, this is huge. Actually finishing your first journal from start to finish. Once you do that, that was like a big moment for me just to be like, holy shit, I actually completed a journal from start to finish. I filled every single page. And I have never that, done that. I haven't. <laughs> oh, guys, I probably have over 20 journals that have been started and never once completed. Like, I, I have love so hearing many. that you have finished one. Like, I've that's inspiring. Two. Oh, you finished yeah. two? <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Um, once I completed it, I was so excited to then move on to my next journal. Mm-hmm. And I get excited about buying journals. Like, I'll see someone, like, or something that's really cute. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need yeah. to have that. And so, for me, it was like I wanted to finish my first journal so then I could get to yeah. my next one. Do you like the ones that have prompts throughout? Do you like no, the ones that are blank pages, blank through, pages. And through and through? Yeah. yeah. For someone who's wanting to start journaling, mm-hmm. the prompts one would be pretty helpful. Okay. But for me, I I didn't, yeah, I never gravitated towards the ones with prompts in them. And yeah. I feel like it is kind of hard because the ones that I've tried that have prompts in them, I still find myself skipping through yeah, me too. to find one that's speaking to me mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. And Sorry, kind of going off of that, I feel like something that would be harder with that is because I would do that too. I actually, I have one. It was Matthew McConaughey's um, Green Lights book. Have you, love, you guys read that? Love that book, yes. Um, or I you're I'm still, like halfway through. Still I think so I have good. your copy. I think you do too. It's okay, <laughs> fine. Um, so he then made a journal that had questions or prompts from his book. Oh, okay. Um, and so I got that. And I liked that. It was it was another good practice. But then I realized, yeah, I am going to be skipping. So then I, I guess if you date things, I love to like put dates and times for every single one of my entries. But I don't know. I think that there's something cool about seeing like your journal once it is completed going from like start to finish into having the entries kind of in order like that is unique too. Um, I like that. Yeah. So I just heard this thing about like getting, you know, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road and looking back at your journals Mm -hmm. and seeing the point you were at, you know, mentally at that stage of life. 
And I was like, yeah, that that would be a nice thing to do. Like someday yeah. look back and be like, oh, yeah, like that's where I was yeah. mentally, authentically, you know, just writing how I was feeling or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So normally, I think when I like had first finished my first journal or whatever, my initial thought was like, okay, I probably will never go back and reread it. And then I think it was in Green Lights where he was like, I didn't open any of my completed journals until I got to the point of wanting to like write this book. Mm. Um, And so then he was reflecting on his like 20 years of entries and stuff throughout the process of me now writing my own book. I'm actually going back and revisiting those. And it's crazy. It is so insane to see. Oh, my God, that was three years ago. And it. It's actually, it's crazy and it's really, it's a powerful too because you get to see where you were at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you those some, like a lot of those feelings are probably still there in some form and capacity, but to see the growth mm-hmm. is really incredible and to actually have a, like a written document of the growth is... I think just yeah. to be able to see even how you've navigated it yeah. too since then. Yeah, like, yeah. Like a lot, and Grace, this is just, I mean, me speaking about you and and how I've watched you grow in the last couple of years, even through your writing, but there was a time where some of the grief and things that you have experienced, you didn't talk about for oh, no. three to five years. Oh, no. Like, I, you, yeah, you're very right. So yeah. initially, after Michaela died, junior year of high school, 16 years old, that first year, I wore my shit on my sleeve. Like, that was... I, I mean, it's raw. just so raw yeah. at that point that it's really hard to hide it. Mm-hmm. My friends at that time, they had a... They did a... I shouldn't even say a good job, because I don't know if, that, if you want to say that's a good job or not. But, like, they masked it very well, especially at school. Mm-hmm. And so then... I was like, God, how the hell are they doing that? Like, Mm -hmm. I would love to be able to do that. And so eventually it got to the point where I think it was when I made that transition into college, like my senior year transitioning to college, like my first couple years of college, that shit was caged in. Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to process it. I, it was better almost to feel numb hmm Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're good. Um, actually, I was writing about this literally a couple days ago where I think it was necessary uh-huh. to feel that numbness for... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it was, it was a way of protecting myself Mm -hmm. well and I'm sure that I mean even looking back to um your friends in high school that were within that same friend group I'm sure that a lot of them felt that same way too like it is easier sometimes to put that wall up oh my god but it's a lot easier yeah (laughs) yeah it is until it all comes comes crashing down Mm -hmm. um yeah so like the numbing aspect of it you know you you find ways to distract yourself and that distraction is it's good and it's necessary for the time that you need it, but eventually your body will tell you when when it's time. Yeah. 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 Do you so I guess with all of that being said, like how have you found writing to be a helpful tool for you in managing yeah. 
that and being able to speak about it. Um, and obviously, like, it is still emotional. It's oh, still yeah. hard and it still brings up all of those emotions. But, like, these were conversations that we literally a couple years ago couldn't have. Like, it would. Because I couldn't get through them. Or it would just, it affect your whole day. Whereas now it can be a blip in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're able to kind of yeah navigate and, and find that it's healthy to talk through that. Yeah. I feel like I have, like, a lot of different ways that I want to answer this question. <laughs> it just, this might be a long way around of explaining it. It's okay. Um, you'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> I would say it allowed me to actually, like, process it without trying to have perfect answers for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of the time when I try and talk about it to people, I feel like I don't always have all the words to try and explain it. And so... Mm-hmm. With writing and with poetry, I think that I was really seeing so much of my emotional side, my feelings, um, a lot of the grief. I reflected that in my writing without even realizing that I was doing it at first. So, so much of my writing, like I focus a lot on poetry and creative writing. And with that, like nature has always been my biggest inspiration with writing. And so I realized after writing a lot that, oh, I'm just describing scenic moments, how I'm feeling, but I'm reflecting it in the nature that's around it. So I think for me, seeing my emotional state reflected in nature and in my writing was a, it was kind of just like a, a wake up call in a sense, or a, it allowed me to actually process it and to realize, oh, these are emotions that I do have because I was numbing it out for so long that Mm -hmm. like I didn't really realize that I had so many feelings and so many thoughts and things that I was struggling with until it literally was like forced and like bubbling out of me and it had to go somewhere and so Mm -hmm. it, it came onto the pages and I think through that like I was just able to put it into words that made sense and put it into just putting pen to paper I mean as messy as it may be it allowed you to express a hundred percent authentically exactly how you were feeling without the pressure of that needing to be seen no or voiced to someone else or like understood in someone else's yeah it was really just for myself Mm -hmm. and then I think with that in a lot of my college writing classes my peers in the English department were incredible um and Aquinas is such a small school too. So when you get into more of those specialized classes within your major, your class sizes are tiny. Like I had so many writing classes that were probably at most, at most 12 people. That's probably the largest writing class that I had. A lot of them were like six to eight people. Oh, so really intimate. Very, Mm -hmm. very intimate. And so when I'm writing a lot of these pieces for school, it was kind of inevitable to then talk about it with my classmates too. When you're in that workshop setting, they your class is trying to peel back the layers so they can really figure out, okay, what's the root of this piece and how do you make the writing better to encapsulate everything that you're trying to say? And with those workshops and with those questions, like then it was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And then it's like, they were a huge part of that healing process too. Like I can't tell you how many workshops I probably cried in <laughs> yeah. to my class, but like it, it was such a intimate and such a, what's the word? 
that I was like welcomed to share that. Yeah, yeah. which was really vulnerable. Cool. That's yeah. really nice that it was embraced. It was and welcomed and, and encouraged. Yeah. 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 Um and with that like I was able to really fine tune my craft, but also I was able to really understand the traumas that I did go through. And there was this episode that I was listening to the Mel Robbins podcast about oh basically and I'm not going to reword this right but basically the host or the guest that mel had on was talking about the way that your brain and your body stores your trauma Mm -hmm. and there's a very crucial part to healing through trauma by writing it down on paper you're learning how to kind of store that emotion basically in a nutshell she was saying that it gets easier and easier to talk about the trauma the more and more that you write and take the time to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost yeah. like because you're getting it out, yep. you're not suppressing it in. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, it does Gosh. make sense. Definitely have to take a listen to that episode because okay. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not relaying it back to you guys super well. But <laughs> it, it made me think, though, of just how the writing part was very crucial. And I think that that allowed me to – talk about it without having the flood of emotions completely take over Yeah, because I had gotten to the point where I was so familiar and so understanding of what those emotions were that it wasn't as surprising when they arose, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I get that from a healing standpoint too. Like that does make a lot of sense that you've, not that you've coped with them, but you've, you've seen it, Mm -hmm. you've dealt with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the writing process, this was something that I've – I feel like I've talked a lot about it with mom and with you too. I know that you and I have touched, touched base on this, but there are a lot of pieces that were very hard for me to circle back to because mm-hmm. I would write them out so raw just to literally get it onto a piece of paper. But then when I actually wanted to turn it into a craftfully written piece mm-hmm. – th- a lot of them, it was very challenging. It was very draining to have to go back and to completely rework it and to rack your brain and put yourself back in that very specific moment. And I think with like my writing, I, at least like for like my shorter essay pieces, my creative um, nonfiction pieces, those, it's such a highly scenic moment of such a short period of time Mm -hmm. um, that I really had to put my whole body back into that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's challenging. No, it's, <laughs> it's so – it's yeah, not, I can't even imagine. When we go back to, like, the numbing, right? Like, you don't want to put yourself back in those places all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, you want to do everything that you can to not Almost avoid it. Feel. Yeah, yeah, to not feel it um, because it – it was brutal to feel it the first time. Why do you want to go back and feel it a hundred more times, yeah. right? Right. Um, I will say this, though, and I, I hated, I hated this phrase in the beginning where it gets better with time. Like, time heals everything. Oh, yeah. I thought that was such a crack of bullshit. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't tell me that. Like, uh-huh. There was other ones that you, there were some oh, other. Um, this is my least favorite one of all. It happens for a reason. Oh, yeah. Bull- yeah, yeah, yeah. And shit. What happens happens yeah it's not like there's a plan or a a reason plan and this is me like i'm not a very religious person i've definitely realized i'm 10 times more 
spiritually driven and understand the world in that sense, like Mm -hmm. through nature. But yeah, I just was like, no, there's not a reason that she hit the tree. Like there's not a good outcome. Right. There's not like a better plan in place. Looking back, I'm like, yeah, we were forced to find good from it. We were forced to still live. We were forced to carry on and focus on focus what you could on control. our life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't her, make it hurt any less. No. Yeah. And that we all had to, you know, we all had to find our own good from it. And there was a lot of growth and goodness that did happen after, you know, she passed. Like I learned a lot about my life. I would not be where I am today without that experience. Oh, I think. But you, yeah, that's. Like, I'm not going to look at that experience and be like, oh, yeah, that's the reason that that happened. I'm like, right. no. Like, that – to me, that just doesn't make sense. Some people love that. Like, that is their foundation and, like, that's what gets them through a lot. And that's incredible. Like, I don't want to take away from that because there are people who 110% believe everything does happen for a reason. And in ways, maybe, like, I think that there is something about the timing of everything and – you know, maybe in some sense that phrase is true, but in some settings I'm like, no. Like, yeah, I, just, I just can't. Uh-uh. That was a long rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Where were we originally at? Um, talking about a phrase, um, time healed everything. Mm-hmm. What was I saying before? Oh, the whole Love writing this. process and circle returning back. back. Yes. Okay, yes. we'll circle right. now, guys. We're getting back to it. <laughs> I, I do think that Every time that I reread, reworked through a piece, pulled it apart, put it back together, added word vomit into it, and then took words out, through that process, it allowed me to it allowed me to heal. It allowed me to really come to terms with whatever the trauma or the situation and that piece was about. Um, and I I learned a lot through it too like I I think through the writing I'm able to reflect back on that instance or that situation and have a completely different perspective on it too I'm gonna quick stop the episode to tell you guys about our first sponsor when Nikki and I thought about reaching out to sponsors to support the podcast we really wanted to work with companies who had goals and visions that were similar to our own With this being a mental health podcast, I knew that we were going to have conversations that were raw and vulnerable and honest. And I think for myself, the only reason I'm able to sit here today and have those conversations is because I've worked on myself a lot in therapy. So that's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's all online. It's more affordable and accessible too, which is great because that can be an obstacle for so many people who want to get therapy. They have you fill out a questionnaire so that they can match you to a professional therapist that will be a good fit. And if it isn't a good fit, that's okay. It happens. I had to see about four therapists before I found someone who I felt comfortable with. So the great thing about BetterHelp is that you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without having to worry about insurance or who is in your network because none of that should prevent you from getting the support you deserve. So if you're interested, click on the link in the show notes below or go to betterhelp.com slash lightly salted. 
Clicking on the link helps to support our show, and it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Mental health is always something that I will advocate for, so I'm very happy to be working with a company that offers accessible mental health care. Okay, back to the episode with our lovely guest. I like how, um, what's the word for this? How much it's just you being with your own thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. and, and working through that because I feel like I talk so much. Mm-hmm. I spit everything out and then afterwards I'm like, I feel like there's some things I shouldn't have said. I feel like that didn't express how, I, how I've been really feeling. And I almost think writing could be a good first step in processing yeah. Yeah. through. Well, and Alyssa, you've talked so much about being somebody that, like, needs to process things Mm -hmm. before saying yes to something, like, needing to, like, process whether or not that's something that's really going to serve you in that moment. I think journaling would be great in that aspect, like, just allowing you to feel what you're feeling before. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, for me, I've always just been more intrinsic. Like, I feel like I... In, I'm introverted in a sense. I feel like I'm a little bit of an extrovert, a little bit of an introvert. But I don't know. I feel like I've always been a pretty – I enjoy quiet time with myself. Like I yeah. – whether it's like I'm just in like my own head or if I'm writing, you know, like I, I enjoy that. But I do think that like there's a lot of people who process through talking it out. Like that's kind of how they come to understand or make a decision is through the talking aspect. And I think mm-hmm. that – Everyone's a little bit different in that sense, but with the journaling, you know, you get it all out and then you're able to like, yeah, I guess kind of like fine tune it and yeah. really understand it before yeah. kind of like making a statement that it's like, oh, well, that statement's not necessarily 100% what I'm feeling. And circling back to these pieces where you've wrote about grief mm-hmm. or other very hard, anything that you've wrote about that brings up a lot of intense emotions. Have you found that it's helpful overall to circle back to that? A hundred percent. Yeah, a majority of my book is pieces that, you know, were driven out of the grieving process. That has always kind of been like my biggest inspiration with writing. Sometimes I look at it, I'm like, God, I wish I had a little bit happier situation <laughs> sometimes. But, um, you know, it, it's my story. It's what I've gone through and... I think I think it's important to share your story too because mm-hmm. the way that I might handle it or the way that I'm experiencing it, it's going to be different for every person. But I do think that this was always my mindset with teaching too. But like if I can help one person by sharing my story or yeah. by helping them through whatever it is that they're going through, even if there's not a direct relation to what was happening, like I don't know. I think that there's something very powerful in that. Um and I, I yeah. want to share my story. I, I've i learned a lot from it. And I think that that's a way that we just connect with people in the world around us is by sharing stories, whether that's through talking or whether that's through writing or I don't know. I, I think it's an important an important thing to do mm-hmm. for sure. Obviously, I kind of forgot what the initial question was halfway through that. I'm awful <laughs> no, at that. I just no, want to talk. Right. And this then is, I'm like, that's I, right. I mean, okay. that's what this is. <laughs> yeah. This is a vulnerable conversation yeah, yeah. and you're just taking in creativity. Like walking us through your creative process, it's 
very yeah. much that way. Yeah. Like that's probably how it feels even when you're doing it. Is, oh, yeah. There's yeah, not really yeah. a nice order to things at yeah, all. Yeah, it's messy. Yeah. But yeah, like that's kind of the stage where my book is at right now too is it it feels just like an absolute clusterfuck. Like I feel like I have so many different <laughs> ideas in it. I have a lot of different ways that I'm wanting to organize it or structure it for the reader. Yeah. And that part is actually so challenging to figure out. It's like how how am I going to make this all flow so it makes sense to the person who's reading it? It's uh, it's a challenging part of it right now because I have like the individual stories in it. It's just a matter of like, okay, now now how do we weave it all together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's going to be a process. But. Do you think as far as how that goes with like the organization of your book? Because for those who don't know, I've seen bits and pieces yep. here and there. But it's a compilation of like all of your creative writing yes. works, right? So yep. journal entries, poetry. Yep short stories. Yeah. And that's another challenging part of it too. It's not just one style of writing where normally, you know, when people publish a collection of poetry, it's just, just poetry, (laughs) you know, or if someone's writing a memoir, it's more like just the same narrative format all the way throughout where I'm like, I feel like I'm going to merge like five different types of writing styles into one collection. So yeah, I I don't know how how it's all gonna work, but it it'll make sense by yeah. the end of it. I think. Have you landed on a title? Yes. Are you comfortable sharing? I am. Okay. I was actually debating that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to share it quite yet. Um, and as of now, yeah, this is this my landed change. title. Yeah. This could change because I don't know what I'm gonna discover yeah. throughout this writing process. Like, I know I'm gonna learn and grow more, so maybe that will change by the end of it. Who knows? Um. But the title that I am feeling very, very confident in right now is You Can Find Me Here. Um, mm, and that... That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I, I love it. And I think it has a lot of different types of meaning for the book itself. It's, the, it's actually the title of one of the pieces that's going to be in it. So I was kind of like, oh, like I like that idea too of being able to like title your book after a piece that's in it I've always loved when people do that yeah but I've I've found throughout this whole process that like you can find me here kind of you know it encapsulates me finding myself it encapsulates allowing the reader to also find me and meet me where I'm at you know there's other pieces where it allows me to find the person that I'm grieving too. That's yeah, it's kind yeah. of like, oh my mm. god, I'm having this revelation right now, guys. This is incredible. <laughs> this is great. Oh I'm my so god. glad. <laughs> um, this is like a way that I'm able to continue the relationship with the people that I've lost. Mm. And I love that. <laughs> oh, I love that too. I Grace, too. one of the questions that I had on here oh, was in the create. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's like our that's where you can find oh. each other like in that in those yeah. words in that oh i love book. that that is so beautiful you're making me tear up i know and I'm i have chills Guys, um, that's- i'm so happy i just figured that out <laughs> oh. oh i think i was like kind of intrinsically knew that but i never actually put the pieces together oh my gosh oh now the title is like so, all right the title is um the set title set in stone guys it I is fully gonna be that 
That's so fun. Um, One of the questions I had on here, and I think that you've just kind of realized it, but in the creative process of building your book, what's been your greatest revelation? Hmm. Well, shit. That might be it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think... And this I is, I think that. these two are going to tie together. I think it's allowed me to continue the relationship with the people that I've lost. It allows me to honor them too, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. And you can feel that. Yeah. Like talking yeah. to you, you can feel that. So I'm excited to see it yeah. on paper too. Yeah. Um, and I think my next, like, one of my other biggest revelations would be coming to terms with what has happened. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably um the biggest thing that came from writing, but then also kind of just gaining confidence in myself that this is actually something that I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I actually cuz I've always thought about wanting to publish my own book, um yeah. especially like throughout college, my professors were like, "Have you ever thought about wanting to publish your own work?" And I'm like, "Yeah, here and there." Nothing I want to take seriously. But then the more and more that I was writing, the more and more I realized, okay, like this is something that I I want to share and I'm kind of feeling pulled and need to share. Yeah, like when I actually saw the book coming together and it was all in one document, I actually took all my writing and it's it's in one single space now. Mm -hmm. That was like, oh, oh my God, this is actually happening. Like I'm actually in the process of publishing my own, my own work. And I think that that's something, yeah, I think that like boosts your confidence and like trusting that I actually have the ability to do it has kind of came through this writing process too. I like, sometimes I would like feel a little like self-conscious when sharing my work in classes because I wrote, I wrote pretty differently than a lot of the people around me. And I, I mean that it's my voice compared to their like we all kind of have our own writing style right but yeah I I think I was always a little like oh this seems a little a little out there this seems a little woo woo yeah sometimes you know but I I've kind of learned to embrace that and to embrace that like no this is the way that I'm understanding what I went through yeah it doesn't need to make sense no it doesn't and the people that it will make sense to kind of breaks my heart that it will make sense to them sometimes because I'm like oh that means that you understand and can relate to this feeling you know Mm -hmm. I don't wish that for anyone but like what a powerful thing though too and like what a if I'm able to heal through my own writing like if someone else can too that's mm -hmm. yeah there's more power in it yeah Mm -hmm. how do you navigate creative blocks or hurdles in your process the first thing that comes to mind is just having to step away from it. And I would notice that when the piece was really challenging to try and work through. Like one of, it's actually probably my favorite piece that I've written. It was drafted in my last semester of college. It was really hard to work through that at first. And when I submitted it, I, I told my professor, I was like, I know that this one is nowhere near done, but it it's mentally draining and exhausting. And this is kind of the point where it's at, at least for right now. I probably did not, I mean, after college, I don't think that I opened my laptop and looked at that piece for at least three to four months. Um, And I I was doing way more journaling, just journaling at that point. I wasn't really like 
crafting and doing a ton of creative writing right after college. And I think a lot of that was just like, it felt almost too much like school work in Mm -hmm. a sense, just starting out. I was like, Oh God, I'm right back in it. (laughs) Um, so I took a long break, but specifically on that piece, I, I avoided it for at least three to four months, but going back to it, it kind of like, I had like a new life for it. Like, I think I was in such a, a bad mental state when I was first writing it. And when I went to reapproach it, I was in a much clearer head frame in general at that point. So it allowed me to be open to the process of working through it. I think, I think I was just closed off to wanting to process it because the story was just so raw. Like my favorite piece was something that had literally, I think I made the first draft for it, not even a week after the instance had happened. And so it was just like, oh, I, I, I can't, I can't like do that. Like too soon. Yeah, just thing. too soon. I, yeah. Yeah. And some, I think I've like said this to mom and to you probably too, because I talk to you guys a lot about my writing, but sometimes it was scary where your head frame would go. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, I don't like that. I don't enjoy where that just put me. Yeah. I don't enjoy that it just put me in an absolute funk for a week. Yep. And I think that it's okay to like, be like, oh, nope, I... I'm not ready I'm to not visit ready for that, that at no. this moment. Yeah. And now I'm able to look back at that piece and it's not even been a full year since I wrote it. And I'm like, yeah, wow. Yeah. You know, like I can look at it. Oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> like I can look at it with like a an appreciation for it rather than like a, like a hate towards it too. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 And I think obviously, so like, this has been emotional, oh. and I think, like, you're liking that it's emotional. Like, yeah, I'm thriving right yeah. now, guys. <laughs> you're in your feelings. Um, you're definitely uh. in your feelings, but it's a good thing, and I think, I mean, even talking about talking about pieces that have put you in a funk or things like that, like, I think that anybody who's been close to you through your writing journey has seen that firsthand. Mm-hmm. I know that when you were like first starting to revisit some of those pieces in your book and getting things put back together, you had a moment where you were talking about fully dreading your entire head of hair, uh-huh. like fully dreading it. And right now, guys, we make those... life altering decisions sometimes. Yes. <laughs> in those states. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, um, Grace has half of her head dreaded and she really committed to a couple extra rows. She had... Oh, I had... Almost almost percent of your head at least. Oh, at least. It was probably closer to 85% of my head was dreaded. And I was loving it. I loved it when I first put them in. Yeah. And then I, I got in my funk and I was like, this shit has to go. It. Yeah. Can you describe the funk a little bit? Yeah. hundred percent. Do you feel comfortable? Yes. Okay. Yes. So just might be a couple tears along the way, but yeah, I feel comfortable it was like, sharing I just it. remember it. And obviously I am not living with you anymore. But I remember coming home and being like, oh, Grace is a little off. Like, Uh they're, like, yeah, making big, big decisions. Like, Uh she had a comb in her hand, and she was brushing the shit shit out of her dreads. Okay. And I just want to hear. Yes. So, I love, I love my dreads. I think that they hold a very special place in my heart. So, yeah, I had added more. And I feel like it's a way of self-expression and kind of, like, it makes me feel like me when I have them. So now I might be, why the hell did I brush so many of them out? But 
The ones that I added in, I did them very fast, very spur of the moment where I was just like, it was after the Little Mermaid movie. And I was obsessed with her hair. And I was like, oh my God, I'm fucking dreading my whole head. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And so I just add them on in and I did not take the normal quality amount of time that I would for my other ones that I had started. And there was something really like that I loved about kind of the sporadic thing. And I was like, I'm going to let these ones just kind of take form. And, and I was loving it. And then, and then I started, you know, working more and more on my book and like crafting it. And then I, I got in a funk. Um, there was a lot of emotions with all the pieces that I was working through. And at that point I had just kind of read through every piece that I did have in it. And I was just kind of making like my first initial thoughts, trying to see, okay, how do these things connect? Right. So I probably had read through it maybe like once, two times did that. And then I was starting to focus more and more on specific pieces. The one piece that I now like cherish and love that I was referring to earlier, that was the one that really got me in a funk to start when I like, when I did finally go back and approach it, I I, I was like, I'm, I, I can do this. I'm ready to work through it. But I, I was doing it like back to back for multiple days in a row. And so I wasn't giving myself space between each time I went to revisit it. So I think that was probably where it stemmed. And then it was just like, I I don't really know how to describe the funk other than like, it was a funk. Like I was, was not happy. I wasn't, yeah, my, my mind, my mind was scaring me again. Yeah. I think like, that's kind of how I describe those funks is when I'm like scared of, of what my brain is Mm -hmm. thinking. And I wrote this actually, and this was really cool. I had written this in my first journal that I completed. And I remember it being such a big moment at that time where I realized I have control over my mind. Like Mm -hmm. I can choose and dictate what I let it spin on. Not, I mean, sometimes it gets a little off, off the rails and I'm like, holy shit, Grace, let's reel it back (laughs) in here. We did not do too good job controlling that. But yeah, so I, I was in a funk and I think I just, I needed to let go. There's a lot of things that I was just like, I need to let shit go. So the first thing was my dreads. And so I brushed out those new ones that I had added in a couple of months prior. And then your hair, your hair stores energy. And so when it's dreaded back, it, it's storing all of those that, memories. Those memories. Like, I, I really do think that. And that might kind of sound very, like, voodoo or spiritual and stuff. But it it stores a lot of those memories, a lot of those feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. And so when I was brushing it out, I think it was just, like... A release. It was a release of all of it. A, a lot of it, at least. And I, I remember saying something like, I, there was just so much negative shit that had happened in that three years, mainly with Matt. Um, that was like the most recent grieving mm-hmm. that I was working through. And I was like, all of that is stored in my hair, on mm-hmm. my head right now. And mm-hmm. 
it was just like, it has to go. Like I mm-hmm. was just at a point where you were just feeling the weight of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I was brushing those out. And then throughout the brushing process, that put me in even more of a funk because then I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I love my dreads. Like, yeah, why no, am I, I brushing these out? And now I'm missing them. And now my head feels super light and I don't like that. And yeah. so then it was like, a, I was wanting to like release and let go of the things that I was storing. But then it also made me sad because I was like thinking, I was like, but there's a lot of oh, good yeah. that happened in that time too. Oh, like, this there is was, like a perfect both and moment. Yeah it, yeah, yeah, it really was like it honestly like even when you and I were having that conversation because you talked to me about the energy and mm-hmm. feeling heavy and wanting to rid yourself of some of some of the darkness that yeah. that you had been coping with in the last three years that you felt was being stored in there. And then you did kind of allude to the joy and the friendships that you found and gained and how those are in yeah. there too. Mm-hmm. Um and wanting to shed one without shedding the other. And it just kind of brought me back to our episode that we recorded with Kristen Mm -hmm. talking about um, energy and how we just being close to other people, you're picking up those energies and needing to brush them off or shake them off in whatever capacity that looks like. Releasing that energy. Yeah. And so it was just, it kind of brought me even to a full circle moment. And I understand that too, Grace. I obviously had Mm-hmm. dreads too so I went through the journey of that and I remember being so sad when I parted yeah. with them and brushed them out well and then it feels like you're losing a part of yourself mm-hmm. in that process too like who knew you could care so much about hair but it was just like <laughs> it it was like a oh god I just brushed all those out do I regret brushing them out do I feel better from brushing them out Fuck, I don't know. Well, I but, think it's good, too, that you kind of stopped. Like, you rushed yeah, out a good amount. I did. And then you took a pause, mm-hmm. let yourself feel what you're feeling. Where are you at now in your dread journey? <laughs> I am... I, <laughs> so, I started brushing out some, so now I have, like, a half a row across the top of, like... Your head? Of, yeah, <laughs> so, like, the bottom half of my hair is dreaded, right? And the very top row of that, like, I have one portion where there's none and then on the other half of my head I'm like oh yeah those are still there so it feels just weird I'm like it's not an even line so brushing my hair is getting really annoying right now and I I think I will finish brushing out that row because those ones also just are not done as well as the ones that are underneath them Mm -hmm. like they just they um they shrunk up as they were like maturing and so like the bottom half of them are like super thick and then the top half of them are like thin and how I want them to look. So they're feeling funky. Like they're feeling funk. funky. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't go in straight lines. They're like a L shape, some of them. They're cur- yeah, so I'm like, okay. I think those ones I can let go of, brush out, and then if I want to add them back in, I'll just I'll just take a little more special care and time with them. And But yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I, I do want to leave the half that I still have to think that I saw you at yoga. Do you remember? And I asked yeah. you, I was like, your hair looks so different. Yep. No idea that there was all this behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, your funk was how many weeks ago? Was that two, three weeks ago? Like it was, it was kind of recent. It was a little bit longer than that. Okay. Probably a month, yeah, month and a half maybe ago. a month and a half ago. So yeah. how are you feeling today? I feel good today. You feel good now? Yeah, despite a night out last night. I, I, feel, I feel good. Um, I 
there was a part of me that was nervous about coming to talk to you guys. Not so much just like, not so much the talking with you guys part, but just the conversations and the topics Mm -hmm. that I know that would be brought up. I was like, all right, we're going to be freaking vulnerable today. We got to, we're going to be doing this. So I think I was nervous, but I was more so excited about it. I think that to kind of like actually take a moment and to share about writing is awesome. Like that, that's such a big privilege to be able to do that. So yeah, overall, I feel, I feel really good today. It's yeah, I'm, I'm in a good headspace and that, that feels good. Good. I'm feels glad good. to hear that. So the first thing that I just keep thinking of as we're having this conversation, one of my biggest reasons for doing this podcast is to have conversations with people who have gone through some shit and have found ways to move forward mm-hmm. because everybody goes through some shit. Yeah. Everybody loses people and everybody is dealt a bad hand at some point. And oh, I love that you just said that. But I think there's a lot of power in hearing how other people move through their shit. Mm-hmm. And I just want to get those conversations out. Um, the other thing is, can you speak to how you move through those funks, whatever works for you or do you maybe do you just sit with it like you know no it's a mix of like a lot of different things I think I just sometimes just have to sit with it Mm -hmm. um I'll have I do better when I get things released in my body so like I'll try and like if I do notice oh my god I'm in I'm getting into a funk I'm like I gotta I gotta go take a walk tomorrow or I gotta do something sometimes it's like Sometimes the funks will turn into like, be, if I'm if I'm not releasing it in my body, I'll get to a point where, and God bless Mario's heart, he's been with me in a lot of these moments where my whole body, like I get, like I just clench up. Like I will squeeze my fist as hard as I possibly can. My whole, like, just my entire body will just kind of coil in on itself, I think is a way of describing that and that's when it's like the funk is kind of like at its peak getting it and releasing it out has been super helpful in multiple capacities whether that's actually moving my body because your body does store trauma it Mm -hmm. it stores it you'll notice it in either throughout your whole body you might notice it in very specific parts depending on the trauma that you're experiencing and trying to work through I noticed mine a shit ton, like, in, like, my chest. Probably because my heart fucking is broken. <laughs> um, yeah, walking it out helps. <laughs> um, crying. I love to cry. So, <laughs> cries help. Writing, obviously. We've kind of been talking about that this entire time. But sometimes yeah. when I'm in a funk, writing is not always the best place to go. Because my mind goes to dark places, and I don't always like seeing that so truthfully on a piece of paper yeah yeah so it's not always the best place to go to depending on where I'm at in the funk but okay I'll take that back though because I always feel better after it like I always feel a little bit lighter getting it onto a piece of paper Mm -hmm. um yeah I just have to be cautious to not get stuck get stuck there and getting out of my own head yeah. Hanging out with my girlfriends. Like, I feel so much lighter after it because I'm like, oh my God, I just. You're able to cry, laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if I'm going to go hang out with Brie, 
oh my God, her and I always have the best freaking life conversations. And I feel, even if we are having heavy conversations and I, and I tell her, I'm like, look, like I'm not, I'm not okay right now. I feel better after it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've really found spirituality, I think, throughout this process. And I had wrote something down where I was just so, so in awe with nature. Like I was just in this moment where I was like, there's so much that you can learn from mm-hmm. every living thing around you. Yeah. Like we all share things and characteristics with plants, with animals, with the sun, with the moon. And so throughout my writing, I didn't realize it at first, but a lot of my pieces, I have specific images, specific animals type things as kind of like my, like the nature element for the piece, I guess. And then when I was writing Seagull's Dance, and that's a piece that I want to share with you guys. After I finished writing it, I was just like, what, what do seagulls symbolize? And so I looked it up and I, I wrote about them in the way that they're supposed to be understood. Like, yeah. Like how they're supposed to be understood. And then I looked at more and more pieces and I kept doing that. Like I was embodying the symbolism of the specific element, the way that it is and understood intended. and intended to be. And I, I didn't really know that I was doing that. There's like, there's some pieces of like poetry where I'm like, okay, I need a different word. So something that's a synonym of this or something that means this, you know, like sometimes I would go and search for that. But a lot of my creative essay pieces, I didn't really do that for. And it, it, it was really cool to like sit back and be like, I understand what Mother Earth is telling me. Like, I'm picking up on her signs, which is really cool. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah like, I'm, I'm interpreting her messages the way that I think I should. And that's really cool. Like, yeah. It makes yeah. me feel You're connected. Like, yeah. yeah. I re- like, I feel yeah. grounded and I feel really connected yeah. with that. Mm. Um, I think I worded it better in my journal. But that, that's pretty <laughs> much the gist of that. And so... That that just felt so cool. I was like, wow, like this is making sense. I, I don't yeah. know. Nature is a big thing for me too to feel connected with those people that I've lost because it's a constant reminder of life and death. Oh, birth yeah. Birth and rebirth. The balance yeah. that you find in nature is crazy because mm-hmm. you like it, seriously, it does. It, yeah. It shows you both ends of it and both. it shows you how it thrives. Yeah in the middle of all of it too a hundred percent and you can't have one without the other oh no i don't know i feel like those are things that like help me Mm -hmm. um and then family like that's crucial that's like my backbone um because i wear my emotions on my sleeve so Mm -hmm. it's like when i am in a funk (laughs) it's known it's known Mm -hmm. yeah everyone approaches it in their own way which is awesome you know like yeah. yeah. What what support do you love to receive? Oh, that's a really good question. It is a good one. Um, I love hugs. Mm. Hugs are fucking great. Me too. Dad gives the best. <laughs> the best. I know. <laughs> you, like, whether you're in a funk or if you're not in a funk, he can just give you a hug, and sometimes it makes you want to cry. That is, yeah. that is like very just true. a hug from him because yeah. he might he'd be like, yeah, something's going on with you. I don't know what it is, but here's a hug, and then oh. I'm like, oh my god, thank you, Dad. I loved that. <laughs> um, that's exactly what I needed. Best support. 
that I, that I like to receive. Um, just someone being curious and asking. I love mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah. being able to share it and release a little bit of the burden of feeling like, oh, this, like, this is all on me. Yeah, you're not in it alone. No. And I think that's mm-hmm. like, I tread pretty cautiously with you sometimes, mm-hmm. just if I notice that um, you're feeling down or off. But I do always try to ask you, like, you do, yeah. is this something that you're ready to talk about right now? And if yeah. if it is something that you want to open up, I'll usually pull you aside. Like, we'll have more yeah. of a private conversation and I'm just like, hit me with it. Like, I'm here to yeah. share that with you. Like, whatever you're feeling, mm-hmm. put some of it on me. Like, yeah. release Yeah, I think, bit. like, that's, that's the best. And I, and I know people who are like, I don't want to put that burden on someone else. Like, Mario is very much like that. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to share too much about him but he's very much so uh i i can handle this on my own like i don't need you know and Mm -hmm. i I think men are probably just wired more so like that than women are Mm -hmm. um and i i it's not a bad thing to lessen the burden and to put it not necessarily that you're dumping and putting it all on one person but just to they're there to help share the weight yeah absolutely like I would hope to God that anyone else in my family would put a little bit of that burden on me so, like, I'm aware of what's going on and that I'm there to – so that way, like, I can at least know. Mm-hmm. And check in. And check in and, and mm-hmm. – yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah, that's probably the best. And sometimes just sitting in silence with me and just letting me just – Feel it. Feel it. That's yeah. a good one. That's, even, what, that's how Mario shows up a lot of the time is we don't even have to talk so much about it, but – if I'm in like my clenched mode or yeah, where I just need to cry, he just he lets me, and mm-hmm. that's that's awesome to know that you have a safe space where you're able to do that. Yeah, yep. a safe space is huge. I think that often uncomfortability gets like I think people speak and talk when they start to feel like uncomfortable sometimes, or when they start to feel like an uncomfortable space. And sometimes it's just so nice to sit in mm-hmm. safety with somebody and know that nothing has to be said. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Grace, last question, I think, okay. unless Alyssa's mm-hmm. got anything else. Um, what do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself through your writing? I don't know why that's making me <laughs> emotional. Um, Take your time. The first thing that came to mind was I was holding a lot of unnecessary guilt. And I, like that's normal. I think that the guilt, when any, whenever someone dies that's around or close to you or that you shared moments in life with, it's normal to feel guilt like that. That's a very common response in grief. Um, I think it's a normal emotion too for someone that was and and not. I don't in this sense, like, taken too soon. Like, somebody that really, that was very, very early on in life, completely blindsiding. Yeah. Um, You weren't able to have goodbye conversations or any any of that. And so, like, with Michaela, the guilt that I was feeling with that was, and this is so common, too, where you get in a freaking fight with someone over the most stupidest, petty as shit that's like oh that wasn't even worth the fight in the first place Mm -hmm. you don't learn that until until they die and it was Mm -hmm. yeah they were gone too soon we didn't get to have a a reconciling conversation no um so i I held a lot of guilt about that because it was just like 
wow, those were the last things I said to her. That's freaking mm-hmm. lovely, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when you lose someone by suicide, there's a whole extra level of guilt that comes with that, too. So, yeah, I think allowing myself to get to a point where I it's not... I don't need to hold on to that guilt anymore. Mm-hmm. Release the blame a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of came to that revelation and i think that's probably why it's my favorite piece too (laughs) um (laughs) wow that piece did a number on me apparently um but no i think i got to the point in that writing of it's okay to let go of the guilt like it wasn't wasn't there like it was it was unnecessary guilt i think yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely that's hard too because I don't, I don't know if unnecessary is really the right word, actually, to describe that. I don't know what the right word would be. Just guilt that's not really yours to... Carry. To carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... I mean, I'm... Eh, well, it was mine to carry for a while. Like, I think that I learned a lot by carrying it. Mm-hmm. You know? But God, what I learned a lot through releasing it, too, though. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm able to kind of, like look back on memories without this like a stinging sensation of oh what if i would have done this differently or what if now i just look back and like i get to cherish the memory for what it is yeah you know and that feels <laughs> that feels good too that does yeah mm-hmm. yeah grace oh, i <laughs> i appreciate you so much for sharing yeah. everything that you've shared today like i think you've been so authentic and raw and genuine and you really let us in Mm -hmm. and you let us feel everything that you were feeling the highs and the lows and there's like a level of strength and courage and love that you embody like to be able to have experienced all this grief and all this pain and still be such a loving and open person is very inspiring I think that I learned that by losing people that I love. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It teaches you to never leave the house without. Yeah. It's so true. You know, it is so true. um, I feel like I tell people all the time, like, I love them. Not just I love them, but relationships are very important to me Mm -hmm. because we only have so long with people and we don't know how long we have. No, you never know. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I think love is such a beautiful thing. Like the grieving the grieving sucks, but you grieve them because you love them mm-hmm. and like you can focus on that, like it makes it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I've thought about this before where it's like you almost think, Oh, I almost don't know if I wanna experience that love because the pain of losing it is so hard and like i think of that like in relationships whether that's romantically a friendship you know where sometimes it might be easier to just cut yourself off to it Mm -hmm. because it's like god i don't want to experience it when it's gone it's easier just kind of like shield yourself from them having to leave i don't want to live that way yeah well where's the i don't know that's hard too because then where's the life in it too you know what i mean like then you're just kind of selling your relationship sh- short on yeah. a what if right basis that, that might not that might happen. not happen and i think you know some of that thought process just comes from not having control of the way that people have left mm-hmm. you know 
Like, I want to be able to control something. Yeah, so, the fear of it, for yeah, sure. 100%. But God, life is, life is so beautiful when you learn to embrace every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it really, really is. Um, mm. It makes you cherish the the small things ten times more. It Like, I notice where I'm like, I want to remember that. Like, I the sound of their laugh. Like, I'm like, I want to hold on and cherish that. And instead of thinking like, oh, the what if of, oh, I might not hear that again. It's like, well, you're hearing it now. So like mm-hmm. embrace that and trying to be in the present. Um, yeah. That's something that I will always, I think, work on because yeah. I can get in the habit of going and sticking in my past and then trying to be too future-minded versus embracing where I'm at. But. Is there anything that you do for yourself personally to hold on to those memories? Like, is that something that you journal about to be able yeah. to reflect back upon? Yeah, actually, um, I don't know. I had this thought very, very recently where I'm going to just start writing down all of the little memories of things that I want to remember because I know years down the road, I won't be able to remember this anymore. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have done that a little bit more with Michaela because I didn't write in hyper detail about some of like my favorite memories with her. Most of those are the feelings after she had left where with Matt, I've started to really focus on key memories with him that hold very special places in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And by doing that, I know that I'm like, I'll remember this forever. Like, this isn't going to be something that I'm going to forget about down the road. And that, God, that's the worst part with grieving is when it does get to that point where, like, you start to forget. You you can't hold on to those things anymore. So by writing it and by putting it down, it's like that will stay there forever, which is, yeah. that's pretty cool. You know, I, I won't be able to remember everything about that situation, but I know how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that these are at least the aspects of it that I do remember. So it's kind of like a little like, it's like my little like treasure. In yeah. life. <laughs> no, I love it. Like, it. I feel like it. that's something that I've been thinking about a lot too, even just thinking about like how limited time can be. And I mean, we've got in our family, there's a lot of um, dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a big wake up call. Yeah, and things mm. like that. So it's it's one of those things that like starting journaling now for, I mean, as I'm about to embark on motherhood, like really being able to cherish some yeah. of those memories and write them down so that later in life I have those to yeah. look back on yeah. and read and reflect on. I think that that's such a cool thing. I mean, if you think back to like the notebook, right? Yeah. Noah mm-hmm. wrote down all of his story yeah. with Allie and she's able to, he reads it to her yeah. and she's able to kind of relive it and go back there um, and remember it, even if it is just for short periods of time, but mm-hmm. she's able to hold on to those happy moments, those yeah. sad moments and all of the things in between. And I think that that's another really powerful writing, yeah. self-discovery, journaling yeah. kind of tool too. Yeah. it It's pretty, it's pretty cool. And I love that you have yeah. been able to navigate losing Matt in that way too because I know obviously Michaela was very raw Matt was raw too they Mm -hmm. both I mean both of those tragedies struck really heavy but I think you learned a lot from the first one yeah that you didn't want to 
go through that again without yeah. having those really detailed, vivid, yeah. vivid, good moments to pull back onto. 100%. And I love that with Michaela, you have a lot of funny videos and yeah. and memories like that where you were lip singing and yeah. able to cherish some <laughs> of those funny dances because I love watching those back too. Like you can really see the joy and the beauty of that yeah. friendship there. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's okay to whip out the phone and have have some of those moments caught. Yeah, and hundred percent agree with you on that. I think it's super important. And yeah, from going through it, I'm like, I I want to have more pictures and more videos because once they're gone, that's all that you have oh, left, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm like, God, I wish I had more with them. Like, uh-huh. it sucks that these are what I'm left with. Like, there's not gonna be any new ones, mm-hmm. you know. So if you can have as much of it as you can, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Even the goofy, mundane, simple moments. Like, I look at that all the time and I think about, I mean, how many times have I done, like, an anniversary post with Keegan where I post the same 10 photos that we've had for the last 14 years because we don't take enough pictures. Same for Mark and I. Yeah. Just got to keep remembering to do that and make it a point to do it. Definitely. Um, I think that there needs to be a balance with it, though, too. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Because it's like... Even if it's a Polaroid, so it doesn't feel like you're on your phone. Right. Like something that's right. a yeah. hard copy. Hard copy of it, yeah. Because right. that's sometimes, too, where I'm like, I want to be videotaping it, but I'm like, oh, but I also want to be, like, fully in it. experiencing yeah. the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lauren and I went to the Dixie, or sorry, the Chicks concert um, on Thursday, and that was something where I was like, oh my God, Cowboy Take Me Away. I should be recording this. Like my, uh-huh. one of my all-time favorite songs. But then I was like, nope, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. And I literally cried listening to it. But and that was awesome too. Cause I was like, wow, like it felt so good to be so present. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, shit. Now I wish I had a video of it because I'm like, I want to be able to re-listen to them singing it, you know? You've so you got videos of us doing it on karaoke. I'm <laughs> yeah. <pretty sure>. right. <laughs> yeah. Close, close uh, second there. No. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's really important to have. Um, but I yeah. think journaling the following day and that's what I was just. Gonna it's say. almost it's like especially doing that. your style of journaling where you've alluded to the nature and the scenery and yeah. like really setting the scene or setting the tone yeah. for your writing. Yeah. Like I think that you can do all of that if not even better through journaling. Yeah, and we I were just so. saying obviously when you go back and read something you feel all of those emotions fully mm-hmm. again and it yeah, puts it, you right back in that space like a photo was. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. it does and I think that's where the polaroids would be cool like to have a picture that you can, that you put, can put right put with it yeah. within that your journal. That would be cool. I've always like I mean Pinterest you find some really cool creative like bullet journals or different things like that yeah. and I yeah, I feel like that could be such a, a cool thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I've loved really focusing on nature in my pieces too. Like that is something like – I feel like I've learned so much just by doing that. Like I had um, – makes you slow down. It does. Grace, yeah. do you have a favorite prompt at all that you find yourself using like revisiting time and time again? I always love reflecting on a moment that changed me. Or that just had a huge impact. That's kind of, I think, where I find the most healing and, like, the most meaning in my writing is in those. For journaling, I love this one. This probably isn't the one that I go to the most, but it's the one that I always love Mm -hmm. writing about. 
in some sort of phrasing of what would you want to tell your younger self or Mm. writing a letter to someone or writing a letter to you. Um, That's really good. Yeah. One of the questions we didn't ask was what would you tell your younger writing self? Okay. Well, (laughs) let's just answer this. Um, There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things I would tell my younger self cherish cherish the moments that you have with the people that you love um don't take it for granted um what else go easy just go easy on yourself give yourself grace mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. it's better out of your head than in your head mm-hmm. I, I always loved this don't let the hard days win mm. oh i love that too yeah that one's powerful yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so since we started on rapid fire, it kind of makes sense to end on rapid fire, right? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Grace, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Loving. Understanding. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is like three words in one, but I feel things deeply. Deep. Deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think it takes yeah. us through your writing too. Just the whole journey all the way around. Yeah. It truly sounds like it's been a journey of self-discovery and learning to love yourself yeah. through all of it. Yeah. Um, being understanding with yourself and giving yourself grace and releasing the guilt and mm-hmm. um, allowing yourself to really feel feel those deep emotions, whether they be dark, whether they be joyous. I feel like you showed up today very raw and you shared Mm -hmm. all three of those things with us deep loving understanding i think that everybody listening felt that so yeah thank you i hope everyone listening goes and hugs their loved ones and their friends and family and i hope that you all feel loved today and know that you're not alone in the world just know that it's okay to share whatever it is you're going through, if you feel comfortable doing so, Mm -hmm. um, that you're not in it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for Grace's book when she publishes that. And you can follow her on Instagram. Do you mind sharing your Instagram handle? At GraceAvery12. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed listening and want to help support us, it would be great if you could leave us a rating and leave us a review. It means so much to us. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Lightly Salted Podcast if you want to stay in the loop on everything happening behind the scenes. Have a great week, everybody, and talk to you next Thursday. Thursday.